Amen. Thank you, Ross, for reminding us how great it is to follow the teachings of Jesus and to remember the poor. And, and it's grateful to be together virtually. Um, what a day. What a day. What a weekend. Uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, wow, what a weekend. Uh, on Sunday, I shared about my mom getting married to Bob Keen. Wow. You know, and, and I thought, how could things get any better? I mean, what, what an amazing event. But I, I must admit, something happened just, a, just yesterday that felt like I needed to share with you. Hey, it's a family midweek, and I uh, just want to let you know uh, other developments in the family. But I um, got a text message from my brother in Mississippi. As you know, we've recently, in the last six or seven years, we met for the first time. And uh, that's been a great, amazing story to get to know. I, I was an only child my whole life, really. But... You know, seven, eight years ago, I get to meet my brother, and we've developed a great friendship and relationship and brotherhood and all that good stuff. So he got a text message from a, a woman saying that, you know, she's been searching for her birth father and thinks that it's our dad. And so I checked my Facebook. Sure enough, I got the same message. So we, we responded, and we said, well, you know, let's get to know each other. So, so last night, we had a Zoom call. And uh, with this, uh, this wonderful young woman, 31-year-old woman uh, living in New York, and uh, comes to find out that uh, look, just by looking at her, we were like, yeah, she's probably a, one of our, you know, related. And then she said she was 6'2". My brother's 6'9". I'm 6'4". My dad was 6'6". So we're like, yeah, we don't, we don't really think we need a bunch of DNA tests or anything like that. So last night, for the first time, I, I guess I met... My, my sister. Uh, so I have a sister in New York, a brother in Mississippi. Wow, you know. And if that wasn't enough, in the course of the conversation, she says, you know, I actually have some vacation days coming up, and I have family in Atlanta. I was thinking about going to Atlanta anyway. And she said, and also I have relatives in Mississippi. And I just said, well, what town in Mississippi? And of all the towns in Mississippi, she says, Grenada which is where Christy went to school and grew up. Small town, of all the town, how is that possible? I don't know. And three of her relatives went to Ole Miss like Christy. How do you make this stuff up? Here I am, I marry off my mom to the guy who I've been friends with, my elder, and now he's my stepdad. Hey, there you go, life goes on, it's awesome, but, uh, and I'm grateful. And uh, the last little bit of news too, on the way to the wedding, Hannah got an email that she got accepted in the KSU, which is exciting, so. Hootie who, and there you go. So, but I'm not here to discuss my ever-changing family dynamics, okay? That's not the purpose, you know, of tonight's midweek, uh, although I've shared probably more than you want. But she, my sister shared something, weird to say that, but amen. My sister shared something uh, on the call that I thought might be an interesting jumping point for tonight, what I wanted to share. She is a postal worker in New York, so she delivers the mail. And she said just a couple days ago, she was doing her route, delivering the mail, and she got like totally like verbally assaulted, she said, uh, by one of the people that she was delivering mail to. And this person was so angry and was like yelling at her, blaming her because she delivered the mail-in ballots. And my sister was so, she was just basically just discouraged by the whole interaction, as I'm sure you would be, right? She's just doing her job, right? But it just, show, it just shows you the, the, the feelings that are out there. And I thought, wow, 
This is where some people are, you know, right now. When we, create, when we set up this All Church Midweek, we knew it was going to be after the election, and we knew we would want to minister to each other during this time that we knew was going to be an intense time. And we want to do that tonight. And we knew the election was going to be happening, but what we didn't know is we'd be having record numbers of COVID cases at this late stage, right? And so we're still dealing with that. There's just a lot going on. And you're feeling a lot. There's a lot of uh, anxiety out there, a lot of discouragement, a lot of fear. A lot of, I got a letter from my, Hannah's high school. There was a, somebody got COVID. Now they got to send out all these emails and quarantining certain people. And I'm just like, this is the new normal. And so here I am trying to speak to you because some of you are discouraged about the election or angry that uh, you're, the party you wanted didn't win or, or and, and, and there are others of you who are on the opposite end, right? I, I guess relief or thank goodness or, or whatever you might be feeling. And so here I am as your, one of your evangelists here and I, and I hope that you can really hear from me I'm, I'm going to steal something from Paul when he wrote to the church in Corinth. And he said something which I think hopefully you can trust where my heart's coming from. And he, he wrote to them. He said, you know, I wrote to you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. And I don't, I don't know what you're feeling, but I, I want to say I do love you. You are my brother in Christ. You are my sister in Christ. And if you've been feeling anxiety and struggling with anger and fear, I just want you to know you are being prayed for and you are loved. And your emotions don't need to be invalidated and just hurry up and just get better. We want to acknowledge that there are people all over the map in our family. And I hope that we can learn how to talk to each other with empathy, with compassion. And I hope that I hope that in, in this church family, because I, I don't know what's going on all, all out there, but if you call yourself a member of the North River Church of Christ, and if you know a brother might be discouraged or feeling low or a sister, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, I mean, can't you ask them simple questions like, tell me how you're feeling? And, and, and ask them like, you know, would you like to pray together? Tell me more. It sounds like you have some fear there. What, what's the source of your fear? I love you and I want to know. Why can't we have those conversations? Isn't that what the body of Christ is all about? I encourage you. I implore you. I appeal to you. Don't lose your way. Like the woman screaming at my sister for delivering ballot. Don't go there. But my fear is some of us are closer to that spot than I wanted to admit. I just want you to remember who you are. Remember the lineage that we come from as people of faith our Judeo-Christian faith. Remember those who have gone before us who have had to endure a lot of things with a lot of different forms of government. <laughs> Remember the story of Esther. That was a pretty intense moment. And what, were, what was her decision, right? There was fasting going on. Spiritual means to deal with the craziness that was going on. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You better bow down to this statue. You want to talk about a government mandate? But our lineage, what they refused to, because of their faith, God still delivered them. And I appreciate old Daniel. You know, you're not allowed to pray to any other God. Daniel's like, you know what? It's time to pray. <laughs> you know? And I, there's a picture up, up on the screen. 
And, and it, it's, a, it's a very meaningful picture. This is what I have in my, in my office where I have a lot of my quiet times. But I don't need to look at it anymore because it's seared into my memory. This picture means a lot to me. Because to me, this describes what it's all about. And the title of this picture is called Daniel's Answer to the King. Okay? He didn't, you know, uh, Chase sent me a podcast today that there are 80% more sales of handguns. And they're interviewing people. People are like, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on in this world. And so their answer, buy guns. And I look at this, and this is Daniel's answer. I got no other answer. What is Daniel looking at? He's just focused on his God. He doesn't know what's going to go down. At any moment, maybe those lions could turn on him as far as he knows. He's just standing there looking at God with his physical eyes as best he can, but in the eye of his heart. He's looking through eyes of faith. That's how he deals with the world around him. And look at the lions around him. Look at the lions. They're even looking. What is he looking at? You, you, you get the feeling that they can sense that the presence of God, whether they could describe it as God or not, was right there in that lion's den. And that's how I try to live my life. Before I leave my house every day, that's the mindset I want to have. And that's the mindset that you need to have as well. You need to figure out how to get your mind's eye focused on God. No matter what's going on around you, no matter what's happening around that corner, no matter if that lion right behind you is going to snap on you or not, you can still focus on your God. And this is the mindset I think all of us need to fight for. This is our lineage. We are better than what's going on in this world. We don't have to berate postal workers because of an earthly election. We don't have to go there. Don't lose your way. You know, Jesus, I hope this thing doesn't fall. You know, it was a last minute decision, you know, a little prop there. But nice call. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. You know, at the end of the day, Jesus, how much time I got left? All right, good, I'm good. Jesus was in a situation. I want to remind you of this. In John chapter 18, you know the scene. Pilate's with him. Pilate asks him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, is that your own idea or did others talk to you about me? Jesus expects others to talk to, him, talk to people about him, by the way. Am I a Jew, Paul or Paul, your own people and chief priests hand you over to me? What is it you've done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants, you know what they would do? They would fight to prevent my arrest. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate is in that room and Jesus is in that room. And if Vice President uh, or whatever, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris were in that room, and if President Trump and Vice President Pence were in that room, he would have said the same thing. No political party in this country is equivalent with the kingdom of God. It is not. You cannot put an equal sign next to Republican Party and Christianity pure, or Democratic Party, Christianity pure. Kingdom of God pure. No, it's not that way. It's not. And you lose your way 
when you try to infuse these parties with what you call Christianity. It doesn't work that way. There's only room for one king, and it ain't Biden, and it ain't Trump. No, it ain't. And we can hand ring, we can point fingers, we can call out corruption, we can do all we want. But ain't nothing going to change the fact that there's room for one king, and it's King Jesus. And everyone on the side of truth listens to him. But have you lost your way? I hope not. I don't want to lose my way. I don't want you to lose your way. I want you to follow the way, which is Jesus. And then we need to help people to know who Jesus is and to follow the way as well. Guys, we cannot be, we cannot be heat-seeking missiles programmed by media today and just sent off to destroy the enemy, which is really people that don't think like you. How come we can't be ambassadors of light? Waking up every day, making the choice that before I engage online, before I go to my job, if you are able to do that, before I leave my house, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a decision to pledge my allegiance to King Jesus, to empty myself of myself, to die to myself, to remember the story that I'm supposed to be living, that if I've, been, if I've died with him, been united in death with him in Romans 6, I'll be united in his resurrection, praise God. But you know what? Sin doesn't have control over me anymore because I died to that life and I don't have to be pulled by all the different things in this world. I can stand in Christ, die to myself, and he lives through me. That's the decision we have to make every day. And when we make that decision every day, we will not lose our way. Brothers and sisters, don't lose your way. Please, follow the way. Immerse yourself in the teaching of Scripture. Tom's going to come up here. Jeff, what are some other practicals? Tom's going to give you a very, he's going to give you a passage that you would do well to reflect on deeply and to allow the silence and solitude to affect you, to, to consent to God's spirit to transform you from the inside out, which no man can do, the passage he's going to share in his thoughts, I believe, will really transform us and keep us from losing our way, but help us stay focused on following the way of Jesus. So I'm going to call Tom up right now. Thank you very much, Jeff. Um, I would like to comment on a few things that Jeff said, but first, uh, let's go to scripture. I'd like us to look at, at one scripture tonight and to look at it twice. I'd like to, us to read it together, and I really appreciate, I know all of us do, certainly Jeff, Ross, Kendall, who's here and will be leading us in prayer in just a few minutes, uh, your attention, you know, tonight, and we're hoping that you're, uh, you're giving, giving this your best attention. And those who weren't able to uh, to be part of this, that you'll be able to uh, communicate to them and your family group and others. Uh, it's very important what we're talking about are the joy of giving, benevolence, supporting these great works that are, are going on and having the right kind of heart and the right kind of spirit with our eyes on God's kingdom and focused our eyes on eternity. Let's, uh, let's look at Colossians chapter three. I'd like to read it once here and we'll read it again. I've highlighted some phrases that I'll highlight a little bit more our second time around. But let's, uh, let's read this together. 
Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things that are above. And some translations say, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Watch carefully what he says next. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other if any of you have, has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since it's members of one body you were called to peace and be, and be thankful. You know, it's a gift from God to have peace and to have joy. Ecclesiastes 6 really talks about this. It's a gift, whatever's going on around you, to have peace, to have gratitude, to have, have thankfulness. It's interesting because when, uh, when we arrived, you know, tonight, you know, I mentioned to a couple of the brothers, uh, well, the weather's bad outside. It must be a Wednesday. It just seems like there are disproportionate amount of, of Wednesdays when we have midweeks and all church midweeks and we're, we're, we're able to meet here that sometimes the weather is a little rough. And I think that uh, we need a lot of peace at this time. Uh, this is flu season. We know the pandemic is still, still very real. We need to pray for each other. We need to be careful and we need to be at peace and we need to, to trust God and be wise in the things that we're, that we're doing. In the same way, this theme we've got this month on the joy of giving, on focusing on not on pleasing ourselves and, 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 and living self-centered lives, but giving to other people, it protects our hearts in, in, in any and every kind of way. The, um, th this month is going to be interesting. At the end of the month uh, is Thanksgiving, and hopefully that's going to be a time of great Thanksgiving. It, it, being grateful and celebrating the things we do have to be thankful for. But as you know, immediately following is Black Friday, and then immediately after that, Cyber Monday. And this, uh, this year, the estimate is that Americans will spend $148 billion, that's with a B, a billion dollars during that weekend. And most of this will be spent on themselves, our family members, maybe some close friends. Now, if on, at the same time, $148 billion were given that same weekend to help support the, uh, the ministries of local church or great nonprofits, that would be terrific, but that's not what is going to happen, and it's not historically or what we're expecting to happen this time around. We're going to be marketed to in, in, incessantly. You know, uh, during this last part of the year, to spend you know, on ourselves. And what we're really trying to do is make sure our focus, our eyes are on eternity. We're thinking about God's kingdom, the big picture. We're thinking about the poor. We're thinking about the needy. And we're doing something about it, you know, in our prayers, in serving, and also with whatever money and financial resources that we've been given. In the same way, 
I think most of us are aware we live here in Georgia. And Georgia is going to be the, uh, the pivot point for over the next couple of months. There are a couple of Senate races that are very important to Democrats and very important to Republicans. And some of the, uh, the articles say an unfathomable amount of money will be spent right here in Georgia trying to influence us, to market us, to rile us up, to, you know, in, in any way they can to try to cause us to move in the direction that they would like us, you know, to move in support of their, you know, party or their causes. You've got to be ready for that. It's coming full bore. And without our eyes fixed on things that are above, with our eyes on eternity and practicing these Christian disciple virtues that the scriptures are, are teaching us, you know, we're, we're going to be very helpless to be able to deal with this kind of thing. Now, Jeff, Jeff commented on this. I just want to say amen, you know, to that. You may have a different opinion, but I'm fairly clear on this, that if Jesus were here in the body physically, uh, I don't believe he would be endorsing the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. Can't, I, I can't see him doing that. Just as people ask him, hey, Jesus, are you and your disciples going to pay taxes to Caesar? His, his answer was very interesting. And if somebody would come up to him and say, Jesus, do you support the Republicans or do you support the, the Democrats? I think his answer would not please a lot of people and might not please some of the people that, uh, that, that are even hearing this. But I think as you study your Bible, it'll be really clear as the things that we already talked about, Jeff's referred to, that Jesus is focused on an eternal kingdom. We should all do what we believe is right. We should serve, we should, you, you, we should vote, we should, uh, we should care, we should be, you know, concerned. But, but seriously, so much of this causes more division in households and in communities and in churches than, uh, than it does mutual upbuilding and, and love. And so I think that it's, it's, it's important to consider this. I think Jeff outlined it beautifully. If we get more excited about the results of an election or a football game for that matter, or even a promotion or how our stocks are doing or the 401k. If that's what really floats our boat, is that what really excites us? And more than the kingdom of God, you, we got to look at scripture in our own hearts. And if we're more distraught over things about an election or loss of money or the weather or about Sports and this kind of thing than we are about a lost world, concerned about a lost world and neighbors right under our nose and friends that need Jesus Christ. Well, you know, the many things you could say, but our eyes are certainly not focused on, you know, eternity. I want to just close my thoughts here. I really appreciated. Uh, I got a text from a brother, um, you know, on Monday and, and he was thanking me. Um, he, uh, he, he, he said this, and um, I, I'll read it to you. He said, I want you to know that I have deleted Facebook and Fox News and any other news from my phone. I believe I'm probably the young Christian who was distraught and referenced in the, sec in, in the second text in, in, uh, in your sermon. But the healing has begun. Thank you for your guidance from the pulpit. And I, I want us to be aware in this this matter of social media, Facebook, etc., we need to be really careful here. We may be hurting a brother or sister's faith for whom Jesus Christ died. And we need to guard our hearts and we need to guard our words. And we do that 
with scripture and with the wise counsel from dear brothers and sisters, you know, in Christ. I want to read this passage one more time. And I'd like us to just embrace this as the very words of God. Again, Paul is writing this in, from prison in uh, a Roman government that is, is, is causing a lot of distress for many people and many Christians. But, but he tells us where we need to focus on. And I ask you to read this frequently. And let's go over it one more time. Let's please look at uh, the scripture. It'll be here so everyone can, can see it. It starts off by saying, if then you have been raised with Christ. What's he referring to? Uh, just a few verses earlier, he said that uh, those who were baptized were buried with Christ and raised to a new life. He's talking about if you really have been baptized into Christ, you've been born again, you become a new person. Here's how you got to think. And we're excited. We've had a lot of new Christians already. There are many people that are studying the Bible right now and will make that decision in the next few weeks as we head in uh, to the, toward the end of the year to have a new life and a new year. And whether it was just a few weeks ago for us or it was decades ago, here's, here's the focus. Since then you have been raised with Christ, you really are a true Christian, a disciple. Set your hearts on the things above. Seek the things that are above. That's where our attention, our focus must be, eyes on eternity. And he goes on and he says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on earthly things. For you died. What's he talking about? You died with Christ in baptism. Your old life is gone. You look at things no longer from a human point of view, although at one time we did. Set your mind, you know, on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your true life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, and he will, he's coming a second time, you will also appear with him in glory. hundred years from now, it's just not going to matter at all. So many of the things that we become very concerned about right now. Therefore, here it is, therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? Everything he just said, how should we then act, behave, and consider? What attitude should we have? What focus should we have? The scripture is like so crystal clear, it's unbelievable. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Just like you put on your clothes in the morning to head out on the streets. You don't walk out there naked. You put on clothes. You don't walk into a day without putting on and clothing yourselves with these Christian attitudes, virtues, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. As God's chosen, holy uh, people, dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Now, with what? Compassion. Kindness gentleness, patience, humility. I mean, that's pretty clear, isn't it? The attitudes, the heart that we put on every single day if, if we're a true Christian. Bear with each other. This is interesting. Bear with each other and forgive one another. It's assuming you, we routinely have to forgive people with stuff and to bear with people that are challenging to us. Their beliefs, their actions, their words. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If any of you has a grievance against each other, anybody got a grievance against somebody, you got you to let it loose. 
Forgive as Christ forgave you. That's what he's saying. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And above all these virtues, yeah, put on love. It binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body we were called to peace and be thankful. If all 1,200 of us or so in all our families of the North River Church of Christ would simply make this our focus every day of our lives, not only would we have peace and be tremendously useful, you know, to God, you know, but we'd be able to truly love God, love people, and change the world. Kendall's going to come now and close out our midweek in prayer.